quiet, please. Quiet, please. Remember when threats of violence against candidates were an anomaly and not a campaign strategy? In this episode, we take you back to an earlier time where a politician is rattled by what an unknown woman says to him. It's just a reminder that our words can be very powerful. Use them carefully. Foley Maris Studios presents Quiet Please, which is written by Willis Cooper and directed by Chuck and Megan Mara. Quiet Please for tonight is called Anonymous. The other night, when you called me up after I made that talk on the radio, I don't suppose you know what happened, do you? Maybe you don't care. But if you got a few minutes, I'd kind of like to tell you. You mind listening for a while? Thanks. Oh, yes, you other people can listen too if you like. I, I see no way of preventing you. And as a matter of fact, it might be instructive to you too. You other people don't know who I am, of course, and probably it's just as well. You know, though, don't you? You wouldn't forget that quickly. Sit still and listen. You got nothing better to do. You're listening to the radio anyway. Take it easy. Dear lady, you really started things. Personally, I thought it was a pretty good speech. And apparently quite a lot of my listeners thought so too. There was a nice batch of mail the next morning... And, of course, a lot of phone calls to the studio when I finished. Naturally, most of them came from people who belonged to the party that nominated me. You'd expect it to be that way. A few came from people who vote the other tickets. But even they were restrained and polite about disagreeing with me. I was grateful to them. Because it's always good to know exactly on which points the opposition differs with you. I thanked them politely, of course. But your call, dear lady. <sighs> really, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, I remember it very clearly. Although I was shocked at the time. The phone rang. It was about the tenth call there in the studio. The announcer handed it to me and I said, Yes? And you said... Do you know who this is? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm afraid I don't. <laughs> And you'll never find out, either. Listen. I hope you drop dead. Uh, <laughs> I beg your pardon, ma'am? I said, I hope you drop dead! Oh, come on now. Listen, madam, I... <clears throat> I'm sure I don't know why you said that, dear lady. You never saw me except in some rather smudged newspaper cuts. You never heard my voice except on the radio. You... I don't know what it was that made you use such unbridled language. Was it because you didn't like my face? Or my politics? 
or, or my nationality or, or the church I go to? What, what is there about me or my beliefs that prompts a perfect stranger to wish a sudden, unnatural death upon me? Is it because you felt safe hiding behind a telephone, knowing there was no way of finding out who you are? Did you mean it? Or, or were you... <sighs> I don't understand it. Well, you have the satisfaction of knowing that you broke up a night's sleep for me, dear lady. My first reaction, of course, was indignation. Literal indignation, a loss of dignity. I wasn't used to having people say things like that to me. I could have forgiven it from a mortal enemy, but, but from a total stranger? <sighs> so I went to bed, very annoyed. My wife is a very light sleeper, and, and I suppose I was making indignant noises to myself, rehearsing what I'd say to you if I had an opportunity. Anyway. What's the matter, dear? Can't you sleep? I'm sorry. Did I wake you up? No. I just woke up and heard you muttering. What time is it? Oh, past one. Two. Are you going to smoke? Well, I was. You want one? No. You know how it makes me cough at night. I'm sorry. I heard part of your speech tonight. Did you? Thought it sounded fine. Did you? Of course, I heard it so many times. Practicing, you know. Oh, I know. What's the matter? Uh, nothing. What's the matter, dear? No, oh, I, I got a phone call that made me mad. Did you? Yes. I thought you were enough of a politician to let those things run off your back. Well, ordinarily I am, but... But this one... You're going to smoke, dear? I'm sorry. What are you so nervous about? I'm mad, I told you. For heaven's sakes, what did they say that upset you so much? It was some woman. Oh, a woman. You know what she said? I haven't the least idea. She said she hoped I'd drop dead. Oh. Can you blame me for being mad? Of course not. Don't let it prey on your mind. I'm not letting, I'm not letting it prey on my mind. Can't I even mention it? Yes, darling, of course. You don't know who it was, of course. Of course not. Well, I'll try to go to sleep. Tomorrow's another day, you know. Uh, good night. Good night. Dear. I'm, so I'm sorry. Good night. Good night. <coughs> Can I... I'll go out in the living room. I'm keeping you awake. Oh, no! awake, dear? I'm afraid so. I just remembered. The final notice on your insurance came today. You better make out a check in the morning or it'll be too late. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> honestly, dear, there isn't any connection. I just suddenly remembered. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I know. I forgot. I'm glad I remembered. Good night. Good night, very good night, indeed. Try and sleep. What did the doctor say about my blood pressure? How old do people have to be to drop dead? Embolism, whatever that is. Uh, blood vessels burst. Things go wrong with your head. Or somebody wishes it on you.
You see? You did all right, dear lady. I got up to see if I could stop that dripping shower faucet. I never noticed it before. And I couldn't help hearing it tonight. And what it kept saying. How'd you like to listen to it all night? Hear what it kept saying. I tried to fix it. All that happened was I got the sleeves of my pajamas sopping. And it kept right on dripping. Kept right on saying what it had to say. What you had to say. And at last, I fell asleep. And dreamed. Oh, I'd rather not tell you about the dreams. I'd rather let you imagine it. You know what they were about. You set the stage for them. And then when I woke up, first thing I heard was my wife talking to someone on the telephone at 9 o'clock in the morning. Cheerful at that hour. Well, thanks. I'll tell him you called. No, I didn't hear all of it on the radio, but I've heard it so many times around the house, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. I hope so, too. What? Oh, he's all right. Still asleep. I think he's got a little hangover this morning. Oh, no, not very late. I suppose he had a couple with some of the committee men after the broadcast. Oh, no, not drunk, just talkative. Uh, somebody called him up afterwards and said they hoped he dropped dead. <laughs> That's what I said. But you know him. You know how sensitive he is and how things prey on his mind. Oh, of course. Oh, no, he hasn't the faintest idea who it was. <laughs> oh, sure, he's already begun calling up undertakers. Sure, I'll tell him. Bye now. When I woke up, I couldn't remember what it was that had disturbed my sleep so, but she came and looked in the bedroom to see if I was still asleep. I said, look, I didn't have any drinks last night. Well, didn't you, dear? Should I bring you some coffee? You know I hate drinking coffee in the bed before I get my teeth brushed. Well, then get up. How's your hangover? I haven't got any hangover. I was talking on the phone to your brother. I heard you. What are you so cranky about this morning, dear? I didn't sleep very well. Dreaming about dropping dead? I wish you'd stop talking about that. Oh, I never heard anything so silly in all my life. Letting a little thing like that prey on your mind. Nothing's preying on my mind. I'd forgotten all about it till I heard you shouting about it on the telephone. Darling, I was talking very quietly, so I wouldn't wake you up. I'm sorry. You know perfectly well it's absurd to be upset about somebody telling you on the phone that they wish you dropped dead. Dear, will you, will you please stop talking about because it? Because it's just plain silly, and you know perfectly well that a person can't wish you to death. Answer it, would you? Probably your friend. What friend? The one that wants you to drop dead. They can, too. Wish you to death. I remember what that Australian fellow told me about pointing the bones. How the witch doctor points a human finger bone at a native he wants to die in. And the native just dies. Nobody can do anything about it. He just dies. 
That's all there is to it. He's wished to death. What did you do? Tell everybody on the committee about that woman last night? What do you mean? Heavens, you've got everybody talking about it. I just mentioned it. Well, that was your secretary, and she says everybody at headquarters is talking about it. <laughs> and laughing at you for being so scared. I'm not scared. I'm mad. Well, I wish you'd forget about it. And I got out of bed. For a moment, I thought I was going to fall down right then and there. You ever feel dizzy when you jump out of bed suddenly in the morning? Oh, I suppose not. You're probably younger than I am, and things like that don't happen to you. My heart gave a big jump, and I thought, this is it. You see how far it had gone already? And I said to myself, stop it, stop it, you're being an idiot. I went to take my shower. And in the bright morning light, the dripping faucet didn't say drop dead, drop dead the way it did last night. I didn't give it a chance. I turned the water on as hard as it'd go and I jumped in. At the office, at headquarters, it was different. Everybody was delighted with the speech and I found a pile of notes on my desk congratulating me on what I'd said. I began to feel better right away. The mayor's note said, Great work, boy. You'll be president yet. The one from the radio station. You have a wonderful voice for radio. Congratulations. The telegram from the old senator. Highly impressed by your talk last night. And a copy of my speech with excellent, written across it with a chairman's signature. And the little note on the sheet of yellow scratch paper. The badly typewritten little note, the note from you that said, I hope you drop dead. As I looked at it, I could almost hear your voice again. I hope you drop dead. And then the telephone started ringing. I knew who it was, of course. I knew I'd hear your voice as soon as I lifted the receiver. Oh, no, 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 I said. No, I'm not going to answer that. I've heard her once, I said to myself. Look what it's doing to me. I'm not going to give her another chance. I won't do it. I won't. I won't do it. And the phone kept right on ringing. I'm not going to answer it, I said. I'm not going to let that woman make a fool of me again. <laughs> but then, then I got an idea. Sure, I'd answer it. Sure, I'd listen to you. Sure, I'd, I'd engage in conversation. I'd have my secretary trace the call while you're talking. I'd get you. I'd find you and I'd tell you a few things about anonymous phone calls and anonymous letters, too. I'd have to be careful, though, wouldn't I? Wouldn't want to frighten you away before I knew who you were. So I put on my best politician manner. Hello? Well, you're still alive. What? Who is this? I hear you're going to drop dead. Oh, hello, Doc. So what's with you? you? Your wife tells me you're all hopped up about dropping dead. She did. I think you'd better drop around to see me. Doc, listen. <laughs> Doc, I mean, listen, you, you think... Ah, you're kidding me. No, I'm not. If you're going to go into a dipsy doodle like this right in the middle of your campaign, you better let me take a look at you. But Doc, listen. Make it about three? Well, I suppose so. Okay, my office at three o'clock and stop worrying. But I'm not worrying. Well, cut it out. See you this afternoon.
What's the matter with that doctor? Does he think I'm nuts? What's he going to do to me? Tap my knee? See if my reflexes are all right? Ask me embarrassing questions about my childhood? I'm not going to go. But I do wonder... Maybe he knows something about me that he hasn't told me. He did say that my blood pressure was a little high the last time. And I didn't tell him about my hands either, or about that, that pounding in my head when I sleep on my left side. Oof. I wonder if I've really got something wrong with me. A man my age ought to get checked up once in a while, though. Yes, sir? Listen. I don't want any more phone calls today. Yes, sir. And I'll probably be at the doctor's this afternoon for a while if you want me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, yes, sir, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> y- you are worried, are you? Worried? What about? About that woman. Hoping you'll drop dead. Will you get out of here? Say, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, all right. Well? Well, Doc? You'll be all right. Be all right. Sure. Is, 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 my, is my heart all right? Yes. Wow. Yes. What's the matter with it? What are you so worried about? The pain in my little finger. What pain in your little finger? This one. The left one. It, it hurts every once in a while. So... Well, isn't that a symptom of angina? Yes. Oh, oh I thought so. It's also a symptom of hangnails. Well, Doc, listen. And of mild neuritis. Am I going to be all right, Doc? Listen, my friend, have I... I've never given you any malarkey, have I? (sighs) No, Doc. Never tried to scare you or anything, have I? No. What do you mean? I don't want to scare you now, either. But you've got to take care of yourself, you understand? You've got to take care of yourself. What is it? Nothing that taking it easy won't fix up. Stop working so hard, stop staying up until all hours, and don't eat so much, and don't worry about dropping dead. I'm not worrying about dropping... I'm not worrying. You keep on worrying about dropping dead, and that'll just what will happen to you one fine day. Don't kid with me, Doc. You think I'm kidding? Then stop at the drugstore and get this filled one after every meal, two at bedtime. All right. And stop worrying. The human mind is a strange mechanism, my boy. One we really don't know much about. You get this dropping dead off your mind. Ever hear the story about the man who was granted three wishes, dear lady? The one about the man that was to have his three wishes granted on one condition? On condition that he wouldn't think of a hippopotamus while he was wishing. He never got any of his wishes. I never got your wish off my mind either. I came in the house. Well, (laughs) are you still alive? I went to dinner. Now you're going to like this dinner. I've got all of your favorites. See, liver and bacon, Waldorf salad with cottage cheese, the way you like it, buttered carrots even, and for dessert, guess. What? Rhubarb pie. Oh. that's, That's very nice of you, dear. Well, I wanted you to take your mind off this obsession of yours about dropping dead, that's all. I wish you'd shut up about that. I'm trying to forget it. Well, why don't you forget it then? How can I with everybody in town yapping at me about it? I didn't say a word about it. I just said I wanted you to get it out of your mind, that's all. That's all I said. Well, if you'd shut up about it, maybe I could. 
That's the thanks I get. Making you the kind of dinner you like, spending the whole afternoon in the kitchen, and all this. And you come home and tell me to shut up? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not going to shut up. I've got as much right to talk as you have. Great big political candidate talking to the voters on the radio and gets all of a twit because some fool woman calls you up and hopes you drop dead. Fine public figure you are. Will you shut up? Probably one of your former sweethearts, one of those beautiful girls you used to yammer about. Caught up with you at last. No wonder she hopes you drop dead. I can't take this. I can't take this. Well, I can't either. Well, you know what you can do about it? I... I certainly do. Well, then do it. Well, I will. Go on, see if I care. That'll fix your political career for you. Get out of here! And so, my wife left me, dear lady. She turned around as she went out the door and she said, she said, oh, very sweetly, she said, I hope your girlfriend gets her wish, dear. And I sat there in the empty house and my little finger began to hurt again. I could feel the throbbing in my temples. I felt so dizzy. That sharp pain in my shoulder. Oh, you'd have been very, very happy, I'm sure. I drank two glasses of water. I, I didn't feel any better. I got to the phone and I dialed the doctor and... What seems to be the matter? Dizzy. I, I, I got those pains. In your little finger? Yes, in my shoulder too, and, and my head's buzzing. Look, I'm eating my dinner. I'm sorry. Take two bromides and lie down, you'll be all right. Are you sure, Doc? Good night. So I took the bromides. And I went to lay down on the bed. Felt better after a while. That is, physically, I felt better. But mentally... And the phone rang after a while. I got up and answered it. I thought, I thought maybe it'd be you. I thought if it, if it was you, maybe I could talk to you and, and reason with you. Get you to say that you didn't mean it. The bromides made me a little dopey, I guess. The voice on the phone sounded strange when I answered. Who is this? Who is this? What, is that you? Whom do you wish to speak to? What number is this? What number do you want? Uh, well, well, what number is this? What number do you want? Oh, you can drop in. Hello? 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 Hey. Great. All alone with a telephone. Like the old song. Everybody wants me to drop dead. You really started something, dear lady. I wish I knew who you are. You know, a telephone is a pretty terrible thing sometimes. <laughs> John Crosby said a week or so ago that a telephone is one of the most useful terror devices ever used on the radio. Did you read that? He's so right. Look what it's done to me. A nice, a nice telephone that you call up your friends with and, and wish them a happy birthday. A pretty telephone that rings and says, come on over, we're all having a swell party and that you used to wish a horrible fate on me. I got to wondering, in my dopey fashion, I wondered, 
If, 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 if maybe, maybe there wouldn't be some trick of fate that might bring me you, dear lady. You see, I'd, I'd reason with you, I'd plead with you real nice. I'd beg you to take this curse of yours off me. I wanted to talk to you so badly. I had the strangest feeling that I knew you very, very well. I could, I could close my eyes almost and, and see you. But how could I reach you? You were anonymous. Somewhere behind a telephone. Oh, it was foolish, wasn't it? But I thought I'd try. Just... Just sit there in the dark with my fingers. Feel the dial. Maybe. Maybe they might find the combination that would bring you. Maybe. Hello? Hello? Well, hello? Main 3600. Hello? Hello? Is that you, Alfred? Alfred? Hello? Busy. Was that you, dear lady? Were you telephoning someone else, hoping that they'd drop dead? Being anonymous and safe. I sat there a long time in the darkness, wondering. I didn't see much point in dialing any more numbers at random. There must be a hundred million combinations on that dial. And only one of them is yours. So I got up. I got up and I looked around the room in the dark. You did all right. <laughs> I, th I thought you'd I thought you'd like to know. I put on my hat. And I went out for a walk around the block. I hope you're satisfied. I hope you're happy. Because you see, dear lady, I did drop dead. The title of the Quiet Please story you've been listening to was Anonymous. It was written by Willis Cooper and directed by Chuck and Megan Mara. The politician who spoke to you was Andrew Colford. His wife was played by Kat Hammonds. The doctor was Patrick McCarthy. Also in the cast were Angela Sauer, Addie Daddio, Aniqua Chacon, Jenna Kersey, Melissa Job, and Michael C. Pizzuto. This episode of Quiet Please was first broadcast on September 19, 1948, and was the first episode broadcast by ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. This recreation of Quiet Please comes to you from Los Angeles and is produced by Fully Mara Studios. And so, until next week at the same time, I am quietly yours. Andrew Colford.